Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Cuenca, Ecuador today with my new friends Keith and Tina Paul. They retired in the 40s to travel the world and have made Cuenca their new home. Keith and Tina document their journey on their website, retireearlyandtravel.com. In this episode, you'll hear three key stories and more about Cuenca, Ecuador. Why International Living Magazine named it one of the best international destinations for expats to retire to. Then we'll learn about a husband and wife team that creates artwork that you can literally eat. And finally, we'll hear the story about Keith and Tina appearing on House Hunters International. They searched for their home, and the producers added a little something extra to the show that just doesn't happen in Cuenca. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Cuenca. But before we get started, I love it if you would give my show a rating and a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback improves the interviews and helps new listeners find the show. Now let's get started. This episode is sponsored in part by the Dosh Cash Back app. You know how much I love using miles and points when I travel, but using rewards isn't always an option due to blackout dates or when the whole hotel requires just way too many points for our stay. That's why I've been loving Dosh's new hotel booking functionality. Their rates are extremely competitive, and there are over 600,000 hotels to choose from around the world. Best of all, you can earn up to 20% cash back per night. That's cold hard cash in your pocket that you can use for anything. With all the travel I do, I've quickly earned a significant amount of money in which I'm using to pay down our mortgage and save for our future. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Dosh to download the Dosh Cashback app today and start booking your hotels. Plus, you can get cash back at thousands of merchants that they partner with. Use the promo code TIMMY for a little something extra when you open up your free account. Hey, Keith and Tina, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. Glad to be here. Uh, you're actually in a location that a lot of people, it may not be necessarily be on their bucket list, but it really should be. Tell us a little bit about the city that you live in. Yeah, we live in uh, Cuenca, Ecuador. It's the uh, third largest city in Ecuador. Like for three years in a row, it's been voted like the number one retirement city to live in uh, abroad. It's also one of the safest cities in South America. A lot of people come to Ecuador to, see, to get to the Galapagos, so they see Quito, which is our capital, but they don't venture on beyond that, and we're a UNESCO heritage site, the whole downtown El Centro of Cuenca. That's fantastic. So you shared with me a lot of different notes about the city, and from everything I've read, I can totally tell why it's such a popular city and why people really should add it to their bucket list. So what kind of brought you to the city, and, and what's, uh, what's kept you there over the years? Like our website is titled Retire Early and Travel, we actually retired early. And uh, one of the ways we did that was to move abroad and live in a, in a place that had a lower cost of living than California. And um, so we did a lot of research and, and uh, we came up with Cuenca. We both love to travel. We wanted an adventure, you know, and what better adventure than to live in a foreign country. Cuenca has, it has a great climate. It's just perfect here. There's no heat or air conditioning. Yeah, you know, we're at an elevation of 8,500 feet. So we have like 70 degree weather year round. Well, that sounds perfect. I mean, uh, coming from California, right? That's like basically describing San Diego, but instead of being on the, right on the ocean, you're 8,500 feet in the, in the air. Yeah. Yeah. It's really very <laughs> similar. Yeah. We have like no bugs. So nobody has any um, screens on their windows and, you know, there's no air conditioning or, or heat needed because you just control that by opening and closing your window. And the people are so nice here. So if you had to describe the, the city or the people in like one or two words, how would you do that? The city's charming. And the people are just kind. It's, uh, it's hard to find that nowadays sometimes. It is. We, we equate Cuenca to like the U.S. in the 50s. 
That's a really good analogy. Little kids walk to school all by themselves, take public buses all by themselves. You don't have to worry about kidnapping and things like that. It's just, it's like it was in the U.S. in the 50s. That is really cool. Yeah. So, all right. So you mentioned the the weather is kind of like in that 70 to 80 degrees range year round, right? Yeah, not 80. (laughs) More like upper 60s, lower 70s. Oh, wow. Year round. Yeah. So now, you know, we're at the equator. So, you know, Ecuador is like the closest country to the sun, right? Because we're now we're at the equator. You know, there's one of our mountains is actually very high. I mean, it's not the highest mountain, but we're still closest to the sun. So my point there is if you're out in the direct sun, it can be really, really hot. But if you're in the shade or there's clouds, you're talking upper 60s, lower 70s, pretty much year round. Oh, yeah. Nice. And okay, so being that close to the sun, do you have to worry about wearing sunscreen a lot more or you know, sunburns or things like that? If it's a sunny day all day and you're walking around the city all day, yeah, you're going to need long sleeves or sunscreen on. Some of the locals will carry an umbrella and they put an umbrella up when they're walking if it's real sunny. Or, or better yet, buy a Panama hat. Because I don't know if you know that, but Panama hats originated in Cuenca, Ecuador. Nice. And I definitely look forward to talking to that in a couple of minutes. So let's take a step back. So if, if people want to come to visit Cuenca, where should they fly into? How do they, how do they actually get there? We have our own little airport, so they probably will have to fly first to Quito or to Guayaquil, the two largest cities in Ecuador, and then they'll fly on to Cuenca. Yeah, because Cuenca does not have an international airport. Right. Okay. Um, but it's a 45-minute flight from either city to Cuenca. Yeah, okay. and there's lots of direct flights from the U.S. to both Quito or Guayaquil. Okay, so so we landed in the airport there at Cuenca. Do we need uh, certain documents as far as uh, visas or anything like that as far as if they want to come to visit? No, no just your passport. Just a passport, and you, know, you get a free um, 90-day tourist visa. Oh, perfect. So we've arrived at the airport in Cuenca, and how far is the airport from like the city center? It's about a $2.50 cab ride, maybe 10 minutes. 10, so. Yeah, 10, 15 minutes. Oh, perfect. Okay, so getting a, getting a cab is like the best way to, to get from the airport to the city. Absolutely. Cabs are just so inexpensive here. Okay. And so based on that, then we should not rent a car when we come to visit. No, I would not rent a car. I do think it's not worth it to rent a car here. It's very hard to get around our city center in a car. You're better to be walking. Okay. And most of the things to see and do are in the city center. If you want to go outside the city center, hire a private driver because they will speak English and Spanish. Oh, nice. Come in the airport, just hop in a cab. It's so easy. Perfect. All right. So like you said, kind of like the city centers where all the action is and all the things that you really want to see, majority of them anyways, what are some of the things to really see and do while you're there in Cuenca? We have a cathedral and I know there's a lot of churches and cathedrals in every city, but ours does tours. And part of the tour, you get to go down to the crypt, which is very cool. It's a beautiful crypt. And then you also get to go to the roof. You have to be able to climb like 200 stairs, but it's an outside roof and you can look over the city, the downtown part of the city and take pictures. So it's very, very pretty. And it's inexpensive. I think it's $3 per person. And they actually do the tour in in English too. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people don't know about the tour. Um, A lot of people will go in and see the cathedral, but the tour is kind of cool. Okay. Do they need to find somebody in particular to sign up for the tour or? No, nope. like you said, if a lot of people come to come to see the cathedral but don't do the tour, is it something they just don't know about? Probably. 
probably, but there is a small, if you come into the cathedral, in the back, there's an office. You can't miss the office. And you go in there and there you see everything about the tour. They don't advertise it anywhere. Yeah, but, so you actually have to go in the church and you'll see a place where you can just go up and they tell you it's going to, usually every hour they're doing the tour and you just sign up there. So you have to be a little bit of adventurous and actually walk up and, and talk to somebody and, and not just walk in and take a picture, take your selfie, do whatever you're going to do. But you have to actually walk in there and, and speak to somebody and say, okay, hey, I'd like to sign up for the tour. Yes, that's why most people don't know about it. And this cathedral is used 365 days a year. There's masses there. There will be people praying and stuff like that. But the back office is open, and that's where you get the tour. Okay, perfect. And like I said, I, I was joking about the selfies and everything. Obviously, you're walking <laughs> into the church. It's a place of worship. You be respectful. Take a picture. Do whatever you're going to do. But don't bust out the selfie stick and, and pop somebody in the head by accident as you're, as you're, that's right. as you're going around. <laughs> So, okay. Now we did the, the tour. We, we got some uh, beautiful views of the city. What are some of the other things that we're really doing in Cuenca? Well, something we're really known for here is something called the Cajas. It's actually a national park. You go, it's just absolutely beautiful. You go up to about 14,000 feet. Oh, wow. But there's a cool little place. So a lot, a lot of people, if you like hiking, will just go up to the park and go out and hike. But there's a cool little place that we found and we take our visitors to called um, Rancho Hinas Prado. And it's a private little place. It gives you kind of the best of everything. So they have land. You can go do your hikes, but they got a little restaurant there. They have, most importantly, they have bathrooms because those aren't prevalent just out in the national park. And what's really cool is on the back of their property, they have a pack of wild apacas. And so we got up close to this pack of alpacas. Yeah, and, 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 beautiful. Llamas, think, and llamas too, both. And llamas, yeah. yeah. So llamas and alpacas are actually wild in the in the Cajas. So if you go hike up there, there's a chance you could see them. But if you go to this little private place where there's great parking and everything, I mean, you, you're going to be pretty much guaranteed. And there's lakes up there and streams that are all just fed from the snow melting at the top of the mountain. And wildflowers that are only grown in this part of Ecuador, up in the Cajas, and nowhere else in the world. Well, that sounds really pretty. Yeah, yeah so it's some really, really cool things to see. So the Cajas is something that I think um, you definitely want to go visit. And if you're not a big hiker, this is a cool place to go because you can see things in a more compact area. And this is something you would need that private driver for because to get to this location, it is probably about 40 minutes outside of town, 30, 40 minutes. That's the Cajas or to the, the to the rancho? Uh, both. Because this ranch is, rancho is like right on the border of the Caja National Park. Oh, okay. That sounds good. So when people come to Cuenca or when they go to the, the Cajas, I, I know when I interviewed somebody for Denver, they talked about uh, the atmosphere being so much thinner and kind of needing to acclimate a few days before you really start doing the hiking and some of the more adventurous types of things. Do you need to do that when you come to visit Cuenca or is it low enough where you're you're fine if you're coming here from the sea level? Well, no. I mean, some some people can be affected by the altitude, even, you know, even just in Cuenca at 8,500 feet. Because that is higher than Denver. Okay. It's almost twice as high as Denver. And when you go to the Cajas, you're probably talking almost three times as high as yeah, Denver. Yeah. Yeah. However, very few people we know or met or heard about actually have a problem. I mean, yeah, sure, you're going to get winded, you know, a little more going upstairs or, or walking. But there are a few people that just actually get headaches and really have a hard time being With the there. altitude, yeah. yeah. There are drugs you can get from your doctor for altitude um, sickness and to help you with that. 
that you might want to come here with. Okay. The locals, they have a, a candy, a powder. You can get it in a candy or in a powder. It's made from uh, cocoa leaves. Sometimes they just chew on the leaf. Yeah, which is, is the same thing as they make cocaine from, but it's not, <laughs> you know, you don't get high from it or anything like that. Okay. But that, that's what the locals will do. They'll give you a candy or the, well, you'll drink a tea of this leaf and that helps too. But, you know, other than people being winded, you know, it's very few that actually get the headaches or you know, actually get ill. Well, that's good to know. Okay, so we've gone to the cathedral, we've gone to the, the Cajas and the Rancho. You mentioned earlier about the Panama Hat Factory. Yeah, so it, it's very interesting that even though they're called Panama Hats, they actually originated here in Cuenca. Yeah, I think what happened is somebody saw um, President Roosevelt, Roosevelt wearing the hat at the Panama Canal, and they called it the Panama Hat, but it was made by a family here in Cuenca. And when you go to the Panama Hat Factory, you can actually see the hats being made, how they're made. And you can have one custom made for yourself. Yeah, I mean, these hats are maybe $30, you know. they can it's, Well, it's, they can go up. <laughs> yeah, but they can start at as cheap as $30. You can get a custom-made hat. I mean, the color you want, the shape you want, the trim. The trim. I mean, they're, it's pretty cool. And you can see how they're made. And it's a kind of a neat thing to do here in Cuenca. Yeah, that's a great souvenir right there. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right on. So if you go to the Panama Hat Factory, is, there's a tour and everything. Uh, how long would the tour last for? It's just, it's kind of like a self-guided tour. They got like a little museum there. Okay. It's probably just maybe 15, 20 minutes and you can kind of see it all. If you want to get a hat made, you know, that takes a little bit longer. You know, there's like little creases that they put in. So there's a couple of different ways. They'll give you maybe three options and then they will actually put that crease in the hat while you're there. You can video it or take pictures. They'll do the trim while you're there. Same thing. You can video or picture. Plus, you'll see the ladies weaving new hats. That's really fun. Yeah, they're not going to weave your hat unless you have time because it takes more than a couple hours to weave a hat. Oh, yeah, sure. It can take a month. Yeah, you'll actually see them weaving the hats there, which is pretty cool. Definitely, definitely. All right, so we've kind of done some things around the city. Where should we stay when we're when we're thinking of coming to Cuenca? Well, you know, we have this old house that has been turned into a hotel. It's called Mansion Alcazar. It's a little bit pricey, but definitely you get to stay in a colonial period home. It's beautiful. It's like staying in a and um, b in the United States, probably. They have, a big, they have a big courtyard in the center. That is like more on the higher end if you want the higher end. But we have so many hotels and hostels, hostels here in Cuenca. Many that the hotels, like, like Mencion, were old mansions that they converted into rooms. So they have, you know, the rooms around the outside with the typical open courtyard, open in, the courtyard in the middle. Yeah. And then a lot of them have restaurants in the middle. Oh, nice. Obviously, this is an international country. Uh, you talk about being a little bit more on the pricier side. What should we kind of look for as far as uh, to pay for a hotel room? Like, like you said, like some of the hostels or some of the hotels or versus something that's a little bit more of a premium experience like this? Well, there are plenty of hotels where you can stay for $30 a night. Yeah. That's like a nice hotel. Mansion Alcazar, it's going to probably start at 150 a night. Okay. But yeah. then how much do you think for hostels? Yeah, hostels are, you know, down in the $15 a night. Oh, wow. And they're nice hostels, too. I mean, there's so, there's a lot of them. I mean, it's really amazing how many there are in Cuenca. <laughs> um, we don't have much tourism here. So I know that a lot of them are, you know, they're not that crowded. So, but there are a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But like she said, $30, $40, and you can get a nice regular kind of hotel. Okay. And I think you mentioned that there's most of the big hotel chains really aren't there. There's only one of them, right? 
Yeah, we just had one new that opened up I think, this year, right? Yes, in two thousand early two thousand nineteen, there's a Sheraton now. Yeah, and it's not downtown. It's kind of out. It's actually by our mall that we have. <laughs> so, okay. uh, yeah, and convention center. So it's kind of geared more towards that. That's kind of why they put it out there. Yeah, if you want to attract the Americans, right? You're you're getting the name brand hotel near the mall and near the convention center. There you go. There you go. But you know, yeah, I really would recommend staying there. You really need to stay downtown. Yeah. Because you know, if you're going to stay at the Sheraton, it's going to be about a 40 minute walk to get downtown. You'll have to take a cab. But if you stay downtown and there's just so many cool hotels to stay at, you'll really get a great experience of the whole colonial feel of uh, Cuenca. Yeah. Yeah you, yeah. you want that authentic feel and experience for sure. Yeah. 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 And you're not sacrificing because these are nice. Even the, the, you know, the $30, $40 hotels are nice hotels, clean and upscale, spacious. Oh, perfect. Okay. So we only have a few more minutes, but I really don't want to miss out on the food of Cuenca. So uh, are there certain places that offer like just local delicacies that you can't find anyplace else? So first of all, Ecuador doesn't really, I don't think there's a lot of things to say about the food here. The food is kind of bland. You know, we have a few delicacies, but the food is kind of bland here, um, which is fine with us. We don't really like the hot, spicy food. One of the delicacies here, of course, we don't like it, but we have to mention it, is called cooey. It's guinea pig. So they put the guinea pig on a spigot and they roast it. And to Ecuadorians, this is what you would eat on Christmas, a wedding, baptism, anything that's really special. This is an expensive meat. And a delicacy. Yeah, and these cooey or guinea pig are not the, in the U.S. These are these things are really big because <laughs> yeah. they they feed them a lot. So many people will just you know have cooey and they'll feed them their scraps, plant food until they're ready to eat them, and then they do that. So that's kind of a you'll see them cooking them on the on the streets on the skewers. So that's kind of something if you want to try something you know really Ecuadorian and Peruvian, they both they do it also in Peru. Uh, the cooey would be the thing. Okay, so if you're bringing your kids, kind of avert the eyes. That way they're not thinking like, oh, muffin or whatever, like whatever the name of their guinea pig at home is. They're, they're not having nightmares now when they see their, their pet getting roasted. Exactly. That might be a little traumatic. Um, but yeah, so you yeah, <laughs> stay clear. You know, another thing that's um, a del- not a delicacy here, but is roasted pig. They put a whole pig, they roast it, and they sell it on the side of the street. So you can buy either the meat or the skin or both. And they actually, you'll find them cooking them a couple different ways, you know, so you'll, those, those pigs. And um, then they take a blowtorch and they crisp the skin on the outside of the pig. Oh, wow. Um, so that, that's another thing you'll see quite a bit here. All right. So uh, let's talk a couple minutes here about some of the restaurants that are there in Cuenca. So we have some great restaurants. We have chefs that have been um, trained all over the world. One place that I love, it's, um, he opens up his house three days a week. It's called Yasu's. It's $22 per person for a five to seven course meal. And every single meal ever is totally different from, you know, another night when you go there. And I mean, this is world-class. This is almost like Michelin star food. Then we have the, the local restaurants. I think, I think, you know, if you really want to get, get a good taste of typical Ecuadorian cuisine, there's a restaurant called Cositas. Um, and what's nice and why I like sending people there is because they have pictures of all the food that you're going to get. So if you don't speak Spanish, you don't understand what something is, you're going to see a picture of it. <laughs> That's good for the gringos like me. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, probably the most important thing to think of is Ecuadorians, typically their biggest meal of the day is lunch. And so we we have something here, we call them almuerzos. And, and even though almuerzo means lunch in Spanish, 
it actually means something special here because it's a special sort of like a plate lunch you would get in the U.S. back in the day. Yeah, the restaurant just has one option. You know, it's going to be rice, a meat, a salad, a soup, a juice, and a small, small dessert. Yeah, and you get that amuerzo from anywhere between a dollar fifty and I've seen them as high as five. Well, yeah, yeah. but typically dollar fifty to three fifty. Yeah, is what that amuerzo cost. Okay, all right. I know there's a couple other restaurants that you mentioned, like El Mercado and El Petit Jardin and Tiestos. Those are again some of the nicer restaurants. But when we say nicer, we're talking fifteen to twenty five dollars. Okay. Well, El Mercado might be more like twenty five or thirty, but El Jardin. Definitely not that pricey. Yeah. And uh, Tiesto's is another one. So all three of those restaurants are great restaurants to try to get some great food. Tiesto's, the wife, it's a husband and wife. They have a big staff too, but she is an artist. So when you order a dessert there, she actually paints a picture on the plate before she puts the dessert down. And that's what, I mean, Tiesto's is known for great food, but people come there to see her artwork. Right. It's painted with edible food stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's really cool. It's a, that's such a unique experience. Yeah, it is. It is, it is yes. very unique. All right. So uh, we got Tiesto's El Petit Hardin. What do they specialize in? Yeah, El Petit Hardin. It's a kind of a French restaurant. And he actually built this restaurant. It's a little bit out, maybe about 10, 15 minute drive from the city. Okay. It's right, still in Cuenca. Um, you really need to have a driver. I would recommend contacting them and they will put you in touch with a cab company because if the cab doesn't know how to get there, they're never going to get there. But it's worth the drive. It's worth the effort. It is not expensive at all. Yeah, it's a little bit off the beaten path. The food is just absolutely great. And he built this this whole restaurant specifically to be a restaurant. And his house is like next door and i think his, his he has another house next door to him where his family lives and um it's just a really cool place and he's another one who was trained in the and uh, i think was trained in new york okay. at a very high-end restaurant there well you know even if it's out of the way a little bit i mean it's, it sounds like a worthwhile experience and something that while you're there in, in cuenca you really should just go out there and live that experience for sure absolutely yes it's yes. worth it all right, well, great. Keith and Tina, I really appreciate everything that you shared with us about Cuenca. I'm added to my bucket list now. But before we leave, let's talk about the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal when they visited Cuenca, where should they go and what should they eat? I think you should go to Casitas and try something typical Ecuadorian, you know, which is like the, the rice, the meat on top. They put an egg on top of that, and then you get the um, avocado. The avocado, and you get a mote. And it's like a cheese and corn. And not U.S. corn, but a corn here is different. So yeah. that's a typical meal, and you can get one of those at Casitas. Okay. Probably for like five bucks, six bucks. And what would that be called? I don't know what they call it. It's just kind of those, all those things. There's not really a name for it. I think there is a name, but we can't tell you what it is. But yeah, that's a traditional Cuenca <laughs> like dish. Like you said, it's a, there's pictures of the menu. So, you know, <laughs> you Absolutely. point to the picture and you're good. So There you yeah. go. You've lived there now for a few years. What's one of your most memorable stories of living in Cuenca? Well, you know, we filmed an episode of House Hunters International here. And while we were filming it, we actually took a horse-drawn carriage ride around Cuenca. But there actually are no horse-drawn carriages here in Cuenca. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of weird when they told us we were going to go do that. And we're like, well, we've been here now like you know, a year and I've never seen a horse before. And so they actually had this horse and uh, buggy brought in just to do the filming <laughs> of the show. It was actually not that great of an experience because as we were going around, 
the buggy came detached from the horse and we were blocking the street and the buses <laughs> were honking at us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's memorable. It's a memorable experience. I mean, that's one of the shows I really love to watch. It's always kind of cool fantasizing about living in some of these really cool places, especially yeah. when you, especially when you see the price tag for what the homes are in, in some of these other countries. But yeah, this is an example of a quote unquote reality TV, not exactly living up to the reality. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we like to call it stage reality. Yeah, exactly. So it sounds like you guys are having a, a great time there in Cuenca. Where's the happiest happy hour? Um, Santa Canela on Carly Larga. They have a little hostel or hotel on the bottom and you go upstairs. The owner lived in the U.S. at one yeah, time, right? Yeah, speaks English and uh, it's a great place. He has a nice bar and pool tables and it's a great place to go for happy hour. Perfect. All right. One thing that I always do whenever I travel is I try to find the best pizza in town. Is there pizza there in, in Cuenca? And if so, uh, where should we go? There's lots of pizza here. What, what, what there's not really good here is the cheese. Okay. So finding a good pizza is like pretty much every gringo who comes here. That's something <laughs> they do. And but we do have a place. Yeah, well, the place would be called, it's called Fabiano's. Fabiano's, okay. Yep, you can get it delivered and or you can go to the restaurant, but that's probably the best pizza here. They got the most, that actually tastes like U.S. cheese. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, uh, what, what type of pizza do you like when you go there? We usually get cheese and pepperoni we might get some fresh garlic and basil on it too yeah yeah sure Pe pepperoni is also the harder thing to find here too again when i say that i'm equating it to american style right yeah we have lots of pepperoni in the grocery store but they might not all taste like you're expecting it to all right so obviously you travel a lot just like i do what's one of your best travel tips I think one of the best tips, we, last year we went to 20 countries, mostly in Europe. We learned something from there is where you're going to go to your destination, make sure you know how you, you're going to know how you're going to get from, let's say, the airport to your hotel. Or a train station to your hotel. Yeah. Do you need to have local money up front? You know, we found that not a lot of cab drivers, taxis take credit cards. They don't take American money. So you might need to have local money when, you know, when you get there. Now, if you come into an airport, most likely there'll be an ATM in the airport you can get money out at. Or an exchange place. But we found at a train station, that wasn't the case. And when we arrived by train into another country, we didn't have local cash and oh, yeah. it made it very difficult. And you have to make sure some places we thought it said online that they had Uber, but we got to one country and there was no Uber. Or if you get to that country and you don't have phone service, even if there is Uber, if you don't have, if you don't have service, then you're kind of uh, up the creek anyways. That's true. Absolutely. You're right. We lucky enough, we carry a device that gives us uh, internet access all over the world. So, uh, cause we travel so much, so we don't usually have that problem, but uh, something you just got to consider. Perfect. For the people that are listening that don't really know much about you, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, how they can reach you and what's the best social media channel for them to contact you at? So we're keeping Tina from retire early and travel. That's our blog. Um, we're on every social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Twitter is probably the one that we have the most followers on. What I do want you to know is, is if you if you do want to come to Cuenca or you're thinking about even possibly moving abroad and living here, we love helping people. We do that for free. Go to our website or contact us through Facebook and we'll be glad to help you. And Email questions. Yeah. we, we you, I can't tell you how many people we've had over our house here who've come here to visit and want to actually possibly live here. And we've developed an email conversation. We invite them over and have, you know, have a drink, have some wine or go out for coffee. So uh, yeah, we love helping people learn about Cuenca. So, you know, feel free to email us. 
Yeah, it's good to meet locals when you're going to move someplace. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that's very kind of you. I mean, we moved from California to Nashville, and although it's not the same international adventure that you did, we moved here for a lower cost of living as well. It's nice to have some friends that are already kind of there when you move. That way, like you know where to find like, the best stores or the best pepperoni pizza, or those types of things. So. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and even if you're going to visit here, we can hook you up with some private drivers if you want to go someplace. Or so yeah, we'd be glad to help whenever. Some people, you know, if they do decide to move here, we have people that are will help with the visa process. So okay, well, great. No, that's a, you guys are a valuable resource. I encourage all the listeners to go check out your website. And we're going to have all the links to your sites as well as all your social media channels right on our show notes. And uh, we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Okay, great. Thank you. I love how Keith and Tina were able to retire early and follow their passion to travel. So many people can't afford to make that leap while living in the United States, but they could if they were just willing to live internationally. Cuenca, Ecuador sounds like an ideal location to visit and live. Perfect weather, low cost, and great food. Big thanks to Keith and Tina for coming onto the show and sharing their story. Send me a tweet at We Travel There to share your favorite thing about Cuenca, Ecuador. All the links we talked about today can be found at wetravelthere.com forward slash Cuenca. And you can join the conversation in the We Travel There podcast community on Facebook to ask us questions about any of your upcoming vacations. Join us next time as we visit the Rose City of Portland, Oregon and talk with my good friend Liz Eichen of kitchentablefinances.com. She shares the best places to hike for amazing views of the city, where to find 7,000 varieties of roses, and why locals don't need a voodoo donut. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you subscribe, that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations. Music